What is going on, my real estate investing friends? I wanted to jump in here and tell you thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I seriously hope that it brings you an insane amount of value in order for you to be able to crush it in your marketing for your active real estate investing business. This show is specifically here to educate real estate investors on amping up their marketing. So more than likely, if you're listening to this show, you are either already an active investor or you're wanting to jump in, you're doing a little bit of educating for yourself. Uh, so if you're either of those and you enjoy this show, you're gonna wanna subscribe to the REI Marketing weekly email newsletter. Yes, I know that's a mouthful, but it is totally worth it because that's where this show kind of derived from. And in that newsletter, it's 100% value content and it's got four segments in each newsletter that goes out every single Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time about crushing it in your real estate investing business marketing. Uh, we have segments where I myself give a marketing tip. We have a segment for a marketing update or a how-to. So if there's something that's new on like Facebook or a new algorithm, them for Google or something like that. We talk about that or there's a new platform that comes out. We also do a lot of how to's and then we have a segment specifically for somebody that is in an active real estate investing business crushing it in some form of their marketing efforts and that's where this show comes in. So we're literally stripping the audio from that interview and putting it into this show. So there's that segment on the email newsletter and then there's a segment specifically for a tool or a resource that you're able to use in your marketing. So in order to get to this, go to colormedia.com slash subscribe, colored spelled C-U-L-L-E-R. So colormedia.com slash subscribe. Make sure that you do that. Do not miss out on it because it's a great newsletter, 100% value. There's no selling in there. And you guys are gonna learn so much from that. It's just an extension of this podcast and for you guys to be able to go deeper into your marketing and get all these little tips here and there that are gonna help you stand out in your market. So again, thank you so much for listening to this show. Make sure that you share it around with your friends. I seriously appreciate it if you do. Leave a review if you're able to, and then I hope you enjoy. Let's get started with today's Who's Crushing It segment. Let's go. What's up guys? Welcome to the REI Marketing Weekly newsletter and welcome to the Who's Crushing It segment. So I'm excited to have one of the coolest dudes on the planet. That's, I mean, true. And, That's and, true. And and he's got an incredible hair day going on yes. right now. Yeah. So I've got I've got my good buddy out of San Diego, California, or San Diego if you watch Anchorman. Um, Todd Swaggerty, T Swag. What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey man, good to be here. Hey everybody, nice to see you. And um, yeah, today is a good hair day. I didn't didn't quite get the shave going today. It's okay. I was making I was making up for it, so I'm like, okay. You the know, scruff is good be, though. You yeah, know? I knew I was I knew I was gonna be on the camera with you. I didn't want to <laughs> put you at a deficit when we're together. You're always kind of at a deficit, you know. <laughs> so especially with that tan, you know, like that tan is like something else, bro. <laughs> yeah, I work on it daily. No. That's funny. So I got something for Todd though here. So I told him, he, he mentioned my hair day and I was like, no, nah, man, I, I you, got something. You do have better hair than me, but you're just not showing it off. Right. But yeah. there's a reason. So, okay. so I got something for you. So give me a second here. So I got, I got something else for you, man. Dude, this is like, you know what I'm saying? Right you know yeah. what I'm saying? And you guys see yeah. like representing yellow letter HQ. So yeah. You know what is mejor though? Yeah. That's like, that's gangster, but this is like, oh my gosh, look at that. That's working, man. <laughs> the, you can't the, mess up the hair because it'd be a problem. The, so. the trucker style, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love this hat. This thing is so comfy. And it's a card heart. Like, yeah. you guys got to get your hands Quality. on it. Yeah. Anyway, so 
Um, I'm excited to have Todd on. If you guys don't know, so just by the, the branding here, Yellow Letter HQ is his thing. It's a mailhouse. I'm going to have him explain that here in just a second when he introduces himself. But today I really want to talk about direct mail and kind of the nuances of this. And there's a lot of things that I have heard Todd talk about with direct mail that I'm like, holy crap, I did not know that. Like, I didn't know you should be doing that as opposed to this, or you should be doing X instead of Y. Like, there's a lot of nuances with direct mail that a lot of people don't know about. They just, you know, upload their list, they send it out and then set it and forget it. And then they either don't follow up enough or they follow up too much. They waste a lot of money, you know, that kind of thing. So um, I've even encouraged Todd, like Todd, you need to put out a lot of content about yes. like, educating people on this. So hopefully I motivated you. You're going to do it soon. You have. But there's, there's a lot of things that you guys should know because direct mail is not dead guys. It's absolutely not dead. Nowhere in a day and age of you know, digital marketing, and that's a massive thing. And you can, you can see a lot of results on that, but especially depending on where you're at in the country and the demographic you're going after, if you're an active real estate investor, your audience is more than likely going to be people over the age of 35. And Todd, you probably have a, a more specific number than that. Um, but those people still check their direct mail. Somebody like myself, that's 27, you know, I'm not in a position where I'm getting foreclosed on or anything you know, when I check direct, when I check my mailbox, like the only thing I'm like fumbling through, I'm not, I'm not opening those letters from Xfinity or those, you know, I'm not reading through the newspapers and stuff like that, but I'm also not your demographic more than likely. Right. So you guys got to think about that. But Todd, before we jump into these topics um, and guys, this is going to be a little bit of a lengthier show than we normally do because I want to go so deep into this topic because I believe it's extremely important. And I think it's going to help a lot of people. Uh, but Todd, before we get into it, do me a favor, introduce yourself. Um, who you are, what you do, how long you've been doing all that, and then talk a little bit about letter, Yellow Letter HQ for me. Got it. Yeah, man. Hey, I'll uh, condense it a little bit for the sake of time. Um, I could easily ramble on and tell you my whole life story, but at the end of the day, uh, my past life, I was a firefighter paramedic for 15 years, and I wanted to get into real estate um, when my one-year-old daughter was born. And I started working for uh, the banks doing foreclosure cleanup. And I discovered um, by a, a wholesaler named Luis Ontiveros on that I could not go to real estate agents anymore. I, I can go just direct to seller. And I started researching a bunch. I'm like, oh my God, I have to do this. This puts me in the driver's seat. I'm not dependent on real estate agents or anybody else. So <clears throat> I started investigating a little bit, you know, and I realized, okay, well, the big thing at, at the time then and now was direct mail. And I was like, okay, well, I, I, I've only been a fireman. I don't know much about sales. I don't know much about marketing, but I know I don't like sales. I want to go in and put my best foot forward with my mail piece. And I have a little bit of a squirrel, squirrel brain. So I wanted to dive into that and, and just trying to find the magic sauce of all of that. So got behind the machine. You know, I was buying houses um, from real estate agents uh, from the relationships I built doing the foreclosure cleanup. And I said, you know, let me give this a shot. So I went out and uh, purchased some postcards and I got a great deal. Um, I fixed and flipped it, made, you know, over six figures. I'm like, you know what? I'm the best real estate investor on the planet. I'm going <laughs> to kill this. And I'm so going to, I'm going to get on fortune builder stage and start speaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got it nailed out of the gate. There's, there's nobody like me out there. There's, there can't, how can this happen? Right. And so I started doing a little bit more and falling flat on my face. I'm like, dude, okay, let me, I'm an engineer type mind. I want to do letters. I don't want to pay a buck for them because at the time that's kind of how it was. And let me, let me start doing this stuff myself. So I bought all the machines to do it myself. I bought all the machines to do it myself, started sending letters, um, eventually figured the sales process out, started getting deals and 
peers of mine started hitting me up saying, hey man, what are you doing over there? Uh, can you do that for me? I'm like, well, yeah, I don't want to stand behind a machine anymore. Let me hire somebody. So I'm like, okay, if I do them for my buddies, I can hire somebody. And then, so the emphasis then was, hey, I got to do it for a real good price for my buddies. I got to do real good service because if I don't, I'm going to catch a lot of crap. And so that's kind of how our business started, you know, good prices, uh, good service, and really engaging with the real estate uh, community. And that's kind of where we are today. We've uh, grown up in our business. We started this, uh, started investing in 2008. I started at Yellow HQ in 2013. And um, today we're arguably, you know, the largest male house in the niche, uh, you know, three, four million pieces a month and uh, going strong. And my job today isn't so much in operations anymore. My job today specifically is on the phone with customers and peers, figuring out what's working, what's not. And in all areas, not just um, direct mail, it's kind of marketing in general, because every good, every solid, competent journeyman, uh, direct to seller investor has direct mail as a large component. Yeah. It used to be the only component. Now it's not. It's mm -hmm. just a large portion of it. So my job is to help my staff and my customers kind of detangle from all of the rabbit holes we can go down as investors. There's so many things we, we think about. And because I've done all that thinking, done all that testing, I've really kind of been able to get through the weeds and figure out what the heck is important, what awesome. we need to be focusing on, on how, when, why, and all that kind of good stuff. For sure. That's just me in a snapshot there. Absolutely. Appreciate you doing that. And um, so Yellow Letter HQ, guys, this is obviously I'm going to have um, Todd talk about this at the end of the show and give you guys more details about how you can sign up and learn more about it and whatnot. And everything is going to be linked down in the description below as we talk about it, um, like always, guys. So uh, Todd, let's get into to, to some of these topics with direct mail. I think there's a, there's a lot that we could talk about. Sure. Um, I really want to kind of debunk some myths though, and talk about some tips and tricks that people can do in order to utilize their mail pieces directly. Um, I know when we were in a Uber headed to the airport in Las Vegas at, at a mastermind, we were talking about content and what to put out and that kind of thing. And I, I mentioned to you like, Hey, like postcards are kind of this thing that people can utilize as a marketing tool to generate leads. But if they don't know how to use it correctly, they're gonna, they're, they're gonna try it out then they're going to not do it right. They're going to say it sucks and then they're never going to return to it again. And right. so in order for you guys to actually, um, you know, be successful in this kind of thing, it's not just as simple as upload your list, set it, for, you know, send, send a, a mailing piece out and then set it and forget it. There's a lot more to it. Now I don't want to overwhelm you, but at the same time, if you are going to get those deals as opposed to the other 20 investors that are mailing as well, if you do it the right way and you listen to what Todd has to say here, then, um, you will get more deals under your belt. So this is important, you guys. Make sure you're taking notes here. So the first thing I kind of want to address here is um, you've got uh, you know the postcards, but now you have letters. So kind of talk to us about the nuances of both. Like which one's better? Is is one or the other better? Um, what should people be thinking about if they're going to use letters versus postcards or vice versa? So give us a little bit of the lowdown about the um, you know the matchup between those two going against each other. Sure, right. Yeah, there's a lot of confusion around it. And the first thing I want to say, preference that is uh, um, your mail piece can't convert or create a seller. And so you want to keep that in mind. So your leads are paramount. You can't um, overload bad leads by a quality mail piece and get deals. But with that aside, postcards versus letters, right? Well, it's been the adage that postcards are always, always better because you can get more for less. 
And there was a time where that was true. And depending on the volume you sent, that could also still be kind of true, right? Um, and we'll get into lists and all that kind of stuff in a second. But if you are the average investor and you are sending to a group of leads on purpose that you've cultivated through skip tracing, through, through stacking, through driving for dollars, and we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, if you know that you're, let me simplify it. If you know that the leads that you send to are producing you deals uh, month after month, a letter is always going to get you a higher response rate. Now, that doesn't mean you're always going to want to use a letter. You might feather it in every other on 45 day intervals or something like that. But a letter is always going to uh, get you a, a better result. If you're dealing with a 55 or older and that's your target and that person, there's a lot of people who sold for cash like that in your market and that's kind of your lead source, then you're always probably going to want to send a letter and you're probably going to want to stretch that interval from a 45 day to a 90 day. So the costs are going to be the same. What happens with that and what's cool about it is that letter, right? Here's one of ours that we send out to customers or that postcard, sorry for that one. It gets put in that top desk drawer. So what is more significant, a postcard or a letter, right? And that, that's kind of the momentum around direct mail is the fact that that postcard or letter gets put in the top desk drawer because you have your, your, um, your, your potential sellers that are, some of them are wanting to sell right now. The rest are a big pool that are wanting to sell in the future. They get that meal piece, they identify with it, and they put it in that top desk drawer until the timing is right for them. So getting back to the 55 or older, if you're 55 or older, that demographic's probably gonna only want a letter, that's how they communicate. Now, if you go to leads that are absentee, absentee out of state oriented, and you're dealing in high volumes, you're probably going to want to send a postcard because that relationship is mainly going to be based on timing, right? They have a bad tenant. They have a bad experience. You're going to send, be sending those more often. You want to get a postcard in there. Now, do you also want to throw a letter in there too? Absolutely. I have customers who send, you know, literally three to 400,000 letters a month. Now they're a big show. They're a big operation. I don't suggest anybody just, you know, go switch from 50, 60,000 uh, postcards a month or five or 10 and, and go to letters just, just based on that conversation. But um, it's, it's done, right? And so to answer that question, you're always going to get a better response rates on letters. You're always going to get a better um, potent, potency, I guess, for lack mm -hmm. of a better word, mm -hmm. off of a letter. Uh, but if you're hitting somebody based on, on timing because there's a lot of competition, and a, um, a absentee perspective, uh, then postcards could be the right one for you. So it's kind of just an intuitive mix of where you're going on. Now, if you're doing yeah. niches, you spend all that time, energy and effort cultivating that niche. Maybe you're building a web scraper, maybe you just paid a dollar a lead for that probate and then you wanna go send a 36 cent postcard? No, mm -hmm. you're going to want to send a, a higher uh, quality mail piece. So sure. I hope that kind of answers that question. I kind of went off on a side yeah. tangent there, but. No, 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 yeah. that was great. And I want to reemphasize something because you kind of, you, you skimmed over it just a couple of times and I want to yeah. go a little bit deeper into it. I just had this conversation with um, Don Ross talking about uh, his, his CRM that he has for beast mode and everything. But something that we were talking about was timing and you, and you skimmed over it a couple of times. I want to go deeper into that because God, I, I'm coming to this realization over the past couple of months. I've heard it probably six or seven times about timing is far more important than, you know, sending them 20 mail pieces in a year. 
Um, so if you hit them at the right point at the right time, when they're ready to sell, that is, you're going to get the deal, right? So, um, kind of go deeper into that and what the, I don't know, maybe it's like if there's science or there's a magic formula behind it. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? You know, making sure that your timing is right when you're mailing these pieces. So you get the best bang for your buck essentially. Yeah. Well, there's the timing of the, the person. Now we cannot guess that, right? No. We would, if we would be, we'd be making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, a lot more money. Right. Um, so that one's going to be a little bit of a challenge. Now sure. there's a uh, timing of the person. And so you want to cultivate your leads to think that they have some sort of distress through stacking, through web scraping and all that. So you want to be doing um, uh, marketing to your leads for lack of a better word on purpose. So that's that part of the timing, right? You don't want to just go to absentees. Well, crap, I'm going to go pull 5,000 absentees and there's a hundred thousand absentees in my market. I'm, I'm going to go spend, you know, a couple bucks and mail to 2,500 and get deals. Right. Yeah. But then there's, okay, we've identified that. And now there's the timing of the mail piece. How often are we sending it? Now we just discussed here a little bit that you have a pool of people who are willing to sell for cash. They're all not ready to sell right now. And that's the frustrating part as us investors. And that's the frustrating part with many people in direct mail. They're going to send out some mail. They're going to send it out this month and they expect everybody on that list for ready to be ready to sell their gosh darn property right here. Now that's not always the case. Right. And so, uh, you have to keep hitting those leads, keep hitting those records over time, ho hoping that your mail piece uh, speaks to them and gets put in the top best drawer. You also don't want to let that time go, right, where you're only sending them every 90 days. And so there comes into place, what are the intervals of each, right? What are the intervals of postcards? What are the intervals of letters and leads? And again, that's a, a little bit of a, a soft science. And sure. so when it comes down to niche lists, there's a high degree of vulnerability there. There's a high degree uh, of need. Doesn't mean that you're going to be able to run your business off one or two niches, but you need to be in front of those guys and, and on a very um, systematic level. So depending on that lead, any niche lead, we'll just put those in, in a kind of a general speaking, it's every 30 days for those guys. You know, if it's tax default, there might be some differences you can see there. But if it's any other type of, of niche list, it's two weeks, you know, 30 days. Yeah. Uh, then and you're going to your more broad niche list. Those are the unknown records. Those are places like Audantic with predictive modeling. Those are lists that you've cultivated and you know that you're getting deals from. And this is a good list, right? And so those are more like a 45 day intervals. Everyone's saying, well, 30 days on everything, 30 days on absentee. If, you're get, if it's a fruitful list for you um, and you're sending them a, a, a quality mail piece and putting that top dress drawer, you might be hitting them too much, right? Hmm. Um, and therefore wasting money? Therefore wasting money, time, energy, and efforts, right? There's a um, little bit of economies of scale and a, a word of, that I'm forgetting. I'll come to it later. <laughs> yeah, come to it later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that describes that. But basically, you can kind of hit the wall, right? Yeah. And so you don't want to be throwing money away. Um, so you get that 45-day intervals. And that's kind of leads you to, listen, if you're sending it every 30 days, it'll switch to a letter, send it 45 or 60, get that thing in the top desk store when the timing is, is right mm -hmm. for them. Then there's, um, you know, let's say the 55 or older. Well, the decision cycles for a person who's owner awk 
or a family who owns the house uh, through a uh, interfamily transfer deed, right? That decision cycle could be longer and they might not call you right away. So to hit those guys every 90 days would work. You know, we're sending them a letter and you're hitting them every 90 days. So that's what I would do. And the intervals are the same letters versus postcards. If you do send a letter, you could probably stretch those days out a, a little bit more. Sure. Um, but timing is so important, right? And so you're, you have to test and play around with that. Those are just some guidelines. It's not, you know, hard and fast rules. Sure. But definitely if you're sending, you know, a, a list that's on purpose um, and you're getting deals from it, you're sending every 30 days and you have, you know, maybe 60,000 records or as an example, and you're only sending, you know, half of them every month because you're trying to hit that 30 day window. Well, you stretch that out 45 days, hit more of your records, get that mail piece in the top dress drawer because that mail piece in the top dress drawer is your momentum. It's hard to get momentum off social media and stuff like that, but you, you right. can. It's hard to get uh, momentum off texting and cold calling unless you're doing just lots. The momentum with texting cold calling is lots. Uh, the momentum with direct mail is consistency, uh, quality mail piece in that top desk drawer when the time is right for them. Okay. Good. So yeah. Hope that explains it a little bit better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the, the, the takeaway is to just make sure that you're consistent with everything that you're doing, but to be purposeful with it. That's what you, that's the word that you use was purpose. And yeah. I you know a lot of people, they'll just upload again, they'll just up, they'll upload their list and then just shotgun it. I mean, that's, yeah. that's not the right strategy to do. I mean, it, it could be if you're got like an expendable budget to work with, but if you're working on a budget that you have, you got to take these things into consideration. I know a lot of people will be like, Oh, that's too much information to think of. Well, if you don't want to do it, find somebody that's going to, so you get the best bang for your buck because you don't want to, you know, if, if you actually want the deals guys, you got to do these hard things or else if like, like we mentioned before, if it was easy to just, you know, send a postcard and you get a response automatically, or if you knew the exact timing when somebody wanted to sell, you would just send the postcard at that time. That's not the way it works. You got to do the difficult things, which is to understand these things that Todd's talking about in order to get those leads that come in and, and then essentially close the deals. Um, so completely agree with that. And I uh, appreciate you like using that word purposeful because that, I mean, anything in marketing should be purposeful. You should never just yeah. throw something out there just for the sake of throwing it out there. It doesn't matter if there's a trend or anything like you just, you got to have a reason for it. Right. Um, and so one thing though, to emphasize is that we all like doing deals. We all like closing deals and yep. we all like real estate and everything that comes along with it. And we've said this to a thousand times. It's been said to, to death. We are in the sales and marketing business, right? Mm -hmm. And we all emphasize on sales. We And by the way, that's, you know, 80s, 60, that's a huge part of it. That cannot be understated. Your sales and your follow-up, even just showing up and following up, if you're not, you know, um, you know, the best salesperson in the world, just showing up and, and following up is just so, so important. And a lot of people put that weight on their mail piece. Oh man, they're thinking about the color and then this and that. It doesn't matter. You want to first focus on who is most likely to sell to me in my market. I'm looking through my solds to see who's selling for cash. I'm using web scrapers to getting all the important uh, leads. My actual mail piece, my actual, the print and the copy is so unimportant in comparison to 
my leads, number one, and then my, my sales and follow-up. So if you're having a problem with direct mail, 90% of the time we find people have, you know, having a problem with direct mail, they go to places like text and things like that, which are awesome, which are all a part, a port, a part of, a, of a robust business, but they're doing that because their sales and follow-up aren't so great and they're just yeah. ready to go right now. Yeah. So I want, want to make sure I, I brought that point up. Yeah. And, and again, the uh, conversation that I had with Don Ross last week was that a lot of people will, they'll, they'll try these different marketing techniques and, you know, they'll do RVM text, direct mail, uh, you know, billboards, bandit signs. I mean, everything. And then they don't keep the fundamentals of marketing down packed and, and then, and then the fundamentals of sales with that follow-up systems that, that you should be having. So they'll, they'll try all these things and not keep the fundamentals and, and, and contact or, and, um, and, Intact, contact. not contact, yeah. in, intact. And uh, I'm, you're, you're rubbing off on me, dude. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but, they, but they won't keep those marketing <laughs> fundamentals intact. And then they say that these marketing channels don't work. Right. Um, so you got to make sure you're keeping with those fundamentals and then doing the marketing on, on the outside of that. So make sure right. that you're, you're keeping that intact. So Todd, we, dude, we could have like another like two hour conversation. This time is going by way too fast. So there's like, 20 other questions I want to ask you it's because but, I'm here. It's because I'm here. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Um, so I only have time really for one more question. I'm definitely going to have you back. We're going to do probably a longer interview to, okay, to go cool. deeper into specific things, but I do want to cool. ask you one more question. So I know yes, that, um, you know, I was going to have us talk about kind of branded versus unbranded um, postcards, but I think, uh, and you can, you can go into that if you want to, but I think a more important conversation to have is, um, you have a new thing that you guys are unrolling, which is um, handwritten machines for, for the right. letters. Um, so I'm not 100% sure if that's completely out and ready to go yet, but let's talk about that a little bit and um, why people need to start thinking about that and, and putting those on their, their mail pieces um, in order to get better results maybe. So like right. why, why handwritten? Why is that important? And if sure. you want to, if you want to go into the branding side of it, you can, but that's not uh, super important right now. We can have that on another discussion. Sure. Well, let's talk about it real quick in three, uh, three stages. First is print. When it comes to print, the more professional look and, and, and bitch and logo and typed you get, we've seen across the board, less response rates, the sloppy, the handwritten, the doodles, higher response rates. Why is that? It's simply because your mail piece is getting noticed, right? So anything you can do on your mail piece versus color, the postcard, doodles, squinting, what the heck is that? Is that handwritten? Did somebody really handwrite it? And, and right now, next week, we're going to be launching five of our uh, fonts that are handwritten fonts, or sorry, print fonts that are all variable. So there's 12 uh, different fonts for, for each letter. So it looks really authentic. And at the end of the day, you're going to look, it's print, you're going to know. Right. And so most sellers don't even but you got their attention. You That's, got their attention. That's yeah. what you're trying to do. You're yeah. trying to grab their attention. Now right. on the flip side of that, there's the handwritten stuff. So we're buying, we're in the process of setting up automation for 28 handwriting machines. What does that do? Well, it used to be back in the day, you didn't want to make the person feel special. You're buying their house from, cause then you make them their house feel special and they want more money for it. Well, at the end of the day, nowadays, with all the competition out there, you're getting noticed for being more authentic, right? Being more approachable and getting that mail piece notice. At the end of the day, who gets a handwritten, an actual handwritten note in the mail anymore? Mm -hmm. Nobody. Yeah. And when you do, it, it gives you that impact. Whoa, this person actually took, down, took the time to write me a handwritten 
note. Oh, oh my gosh. And so it just really, you get remembered real quick. I'll tell the story on the next podcast, but you get <laughs> remembered when you do that kind of stuff. And that's all it's about getting that mail piece noticed and getting into that mail piece remembered. And at scale, handwritten stuff is going to be more expensive because the stuff's slow as heck, right? Yeah. Um, and then, so these are going to be for your, your Podio follow-up leads. You're going to be able to go into our Podio app that allows you to go, okay, you know, hey, Mr. Seller, you just met with him. Hey, nice to meet you and your dog's spot. Uh, hope we can make a deal together. You're going to be able to go on your Podio or your CRM, type that in and send a handwritten uh, letter off. You can be able to do it on scale. There's guys doing it around the across the country right now on scale, uh, expensive. They're, they are sophisticated business persons. They know right where their leads are and they're spending the money to go in deep with them. So I wouldn't suggest that you just kind of go at it willy nilly. Yeah. Um, so there's that and branded versus unbranded. Branded with, with a doodle uh, and, and mom and pop professional. So let's just say this. When it comes to branded versus un, unbranded, who does the 99% or 90% of the direct to seller people want to work with, they want to work with a mom and pop professional. They wanted to deal with a company, you know, they'll probably have gone to the real estate agent first that, that knocks on their door 20 times a month, right. but they don't want to deal with it. They want to deal with a mom and pop professional. And so you want to cultivate that relationship and let them know who you are. Um, the handwritten stuff works because it gets noticed. And then I've been on it for 10 years of putting my picture of my family or whoever's knocking on that door, meeting them um, on that appointment, whether it be on the phone or otherwise, uh, to be pictured to be on there. Why is that? Because, you know, if we get down to our seller demographics, if we probably look at them across the country, 75% plus are 55 or older. And they're going to see that they're going to, to um, you know, kind of have a special relationship. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that for every seller. No, sure. absolutely not. Some sellers are not going to give a crap. They're going to remember it, though. They're right. going to remember that mug. They're going to remember that face. They might go, well, you know, there's just something subconscious about throwing pictures away. Who throws actual tangible pictures away? Nobody. Right. Um, and that, so that thing gets put in the top desk drawer. I've had sellers sell to me just based on that picture because then they identifying and tell themselves a story before I have ever got a chance of who I am. And that builds that, that one barrier that we're trying to overcome when a seller first calls us to, to build that know, like, and trust uh, to, to get that deal done, right? That, yep. That's our first barrier. After they've decided to pick up the phone and call us, our next challenge, know, like, and trust. And so that just helps a little bit. And by putting your, by Actually, you as the investor being a little vulnerable and having your, your picture on there yeah. a little strange, right? Absolutely. Uh, um, it's re really, really been effective. So at the end of the day, if you can do those things, get that postcard notice, be real and have that uh, seller on the other end, know who you are and not be in the dark. Who's this random person selling your house for cash, you know, right now, gosh, dang it, 24 hours, I'll buy it. You know, not everyone wants to respond to that. And so if you can cultivate that relationship a little bit more with that mail piece, and as you're hitting these guys, we, one point we didn't, we didn't uh, discuss is how long do you hit them? If it's not a niche list and you're mailing this guy on purpose and those reasons never change, keep mailing them in perpetuity. Yeah. And you're, if you're also getting deals from it, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, you have that, that mail piece come to them. Well, next time it's, hey, here's my, my daughter's uh, seventh birthday all of us around the birthday cake. She turned seven, you know, and, or here's the vacation we went on. I still like to help you if you ever thought about selling your house. So it just makes you real. Everyone wants to deal with a real person. They want to know what they get when they pick up the phone. That's what they want. They want to have that certainty as well after that trust, that certainty. So they want to know what are they getting when 
they contact you. So those little things yep. actually add up to something special. So. so, so something I really, really want to tack on here is like, I, I'm glad you brought all that up because something I've been thinking about a lot lately is the fact that especially your demographic of 35 to 40 and over in a world of digital marketing in a world of like brand importancy and a lot of brands are, you know, they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to rebrand themselves and, and investing in that. It's all important, but something I'm noticing across the board, especially um, in this industry is people are wanting more than ever humanized brands to work with. And that's why I, this was really intriguing to me. So you brought this up at the um, previous leadership circle that we were at, that you guys are doing the, the handwritten um, machines. And I was like, man, that's super interesting because this is something I've been thinking about a lot is that people are wanting more humanized brands than ever. And, and it's weird too, because it depends on the industry that you're in as well. Like for me, I don't go, I don't step foot into any department stores except for Target. And the only, like if I'm going to Target, I don't care if there's, 30 people in line at the self-checkout and there's nobody in line at this cash register. Like I'm going to the self-checkout cause I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> and then I don't go to grocery stores. I've, I have the yearly subscription for Instacart and that kind of thing. But then on the flip side, if I'm getting on the phone with AT&T, I don't want to go through four different prompts of automated, like you know, the, the prompts I want to talk. I'm hitting zero, like 20 times in order to get in contact with a human being. And so it's, 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 it's very interesting, like the, for the progression of that. But I think the end all be all is that people are really wanting more humanized brands in a day of, you know, chatbots and a day of AI and that kind of thing. Like people want to talk to human beings because they know a human being can take care of their problem directly and right. not this automated system and not somebody that's got this, you know, a massive corporate looking brand behind them. And again, especially dealing with the demographics that you're dealing with in that 50 plus that you mentioned, that's extremely important. So humanizing your brand and the, and the way that you could do that is exactly what we're talking about is with these handwritten post uh, postcards and letters and, and, you know, just making it just this mom and pop shop type feel to it. And people are, people are responding to that and you see those hardcore results. Um, and so I, I, that's something I've been thinking about a lot, Todd is like yeah. humanizing your brand is right. extremely important. And so your, your sphere of influence is only so far when you do this business. And imagine if you were to show up to Target and the owner of Target was there. Say, hey, Josh, how you doing? Pleasure mm -hmm. to meet you. You know, let right. me go and show you right where, what you're looking for. Come with me. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening uh, in, in your marketing. You're the owner of the business. You're the person who's going to solve the problem for them. You or your, your direct uh, uh, employees are going to be uh, picking up the phone and they get to see and know a little bit about you. So yep. if you're exactly right. When it's, as soon as it's impersonal, you're impersonal all the way. Don't touch me. Oh, yeah. Leave me alone. I got it. As soon as it's personal, you're like, well, all right, let's go. Yeah. And let's go through, go through the process. Yeah. And you get that one-on-one -on -one, uh, attention and kind of that connection because you're, you're exactly right. Whether it's an old generation or a new generation, everybody wants that personal relationship with who they're doing they do. business with. And that's what you're trying to to provide. So. Absolutely. And so again, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad we went in that conversation because I think, you know, a lot, it's not just the postcards. It's not just the handwritten postcards or anything. It's everything about your business. You need to humanize it as much as you possibly can. Cause that's going to, that's going to yield the biggest results for you, no matter what you do in your marketing. And so it doesn't matter. You can humanize your Facebook ads. You can humanize your PPC ads. I mean, you can humanize everything in your marketing. You just got to make effort in order to do that. So I think that's the foundational piece to this. And then obviously you bring that up to your 
um, when you're, when you're uh, creating your campaigns for your mail pieces. So I'm glad we have that conversation, but Todd, I mean, there's another like million things that we could talk about, but I'm definitely going to have you back. Yeah. Yeah, We need We need to do like a two hour webinar or something like that. I don't know if my attention span could hold that long, but (laughs) you know, we'll figure it it out. We'll do it in 30 minute intervals over a month. That's a good idea. Let's do that. Um, All right, cool. Dude, I appreciate you jumping on and sharing everything that you did. I know there's, um, you know, a lot of people that could use this information and really, you know, if you guys apply this, this type of information that you're getting, I mean, this is tangible stuff. You can start doing this right now. Like as soon as you jump off this call, go to your like campaigns and actually build it out this way and you'll see those results. So um, again, there's a million other things that we could talk about. We'll have you back on Todd, but I appreciate you jumping on man. Um, But I want people to have the opportunity to be able to um, either connect with you personally or with uh, yellow letter HQ. If they wanted to do that, what would be the best way to make that happen? Yeah. So uh, I'm in my mid forties, so I'm still old. So Facebook actually still works for me. If you wanted to connect with me, I do my best to connect with people on there. And as far as um, direct mail is concerned and, uh, and hopping over to our website at www.yellowletterhq.com, I personally have nothing to do. Uh, wouldn't know, uh, have, you know. My staff can handle, you know, if you're, yeah. if you're hitting me up about an order or something like that, probably not the right approach. You want to go over to the website and talk to Laura or Kyle at yellowletterhq.com. Uh, those guys are awesome. They're in their field and calls two, four, seven, like a little war room. Um, but yeah, Facebook, uh, for your mail fulfillment. And, um, Josh, I appreciate you having me on today. It's uh, fun, fun, like always, buddy. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate you jumping on. We look forward to having you back again soon. Um, so guys, that is going to do it for this segment of the who's crushing it, uh, for who's crushing it segment for the REI marketing weekly. Make sure you're checking out the rest of the content in the newsletter, share this around with your friends. That would be much appreciated. Um, just a lot of great tangible content that is going down here that you guys can actually take action on in your active real estate investing business, whether you're a wholesaler, flipper, buy and hold investor, whatever you do, this stuff is tangible and you can make it happen. Just take action on it. So if you have any questions, either reply to this previous email or just shoot me an email, josh.colormedia.com. Be happy to answer any questions that you have, or if you have any suggestions of people you would want on the interview for me to talk about marketing, let me know. That's going to do it. Take it easy guys. And I'll catch you on the next one.